Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Armor Report. Armor stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal. This is a show about stock market investing for those of you who are new. Um, everything I share with you is information directly off my training desk. I'm managing my own personal capital and that of individual investors. All of the assets are run through interactive brokers. Um, we have a website, RosenthalCapital.com. On the homepage, we have two very important um, um, pieces of information that we share with you on a real-time basis. The first is our risk-on, risk-off monitor. We're using proprietary algorithms here to help us know when to add risk into the equity markets and when to take risk out. And we update that monitor as things change on those big indexes. We use ETFs to both increase our exposure or hedge our exposure. And so we're looking at things like the S&P, SPY, the Dow 30 D, uh, DIA, the NASDAQ 100, QQQ, small cap index, IWM, uh, and then our favorite um, growth stock ETF is FFTY, Foxtrot, Foxtrot, Tango, Yankee. That's the IBD 50 uh, innovator index. So those indexes and those algorithms drive our investment decisions when it comes to exposure how much capital we're willing to risk, how much cash we want to hold, and every now and then whether or not we want to go short or hedge positions. Um, right below that on our homepage, you're going to find our model portfolios. There's three model portfolios, all at Interactive Brokers. These are the portfolios that our clients link their accounts to and begin immediately accessing algorithmic information. And so it's a conservative or a balanced or aggressive approach. Those three terms have to do with how much exposure we're willing to carry. So when we get a risk on opportunity in the indexes, we'll have obviously the most amount of capital committed in our aggressive portfolios and the least amount in conservative. Okay. What I like to do on these shows is to start with a discussion of our big algorithms and what it means for risk and then drill down into our favorite theme. The title today, of course, is U.S.-based cannabis companies are exploding higher in price. Now, if you've been watching these YouTube videos for the last month or so, you know I've been focusing almost all of our research efforts, our fundamental research efforts on this trading desk. I focused all of our efforts on doing research on the U.S.-based cannabis companies. So I'm going to lay out for you the investment theme, why it's exploding higher, and what the risks are. Okay? Let's start. Um, let's start. And, of course, this is a live trading desk, guys. So sometimes the phone will ring, and sometimes you'll see me looking all over the place. And it's because I literally have trades on right now. I have orders in right now. I might have to talk to a trading desk. And so forgive me if I get sidetracked. This is just real life and, you know, welcome to the activities of a real trading desk. Hopefully we'll get a half an hour here where the phones don't ring and I don't have to change anything. 
Right now, we're having an absolutely huge day and an enormous week so far in our portfolios. And it's because of our commitment to the U.S.-based cannabis companies and, and the explosion hires is uh, unreal. I hope you guys are enjoying some of this with me. It's, uh, it's, um, it's really an incredible move. And it has implications for longer-term investment ideas. So I want to go over that with you. But it sure is lots of fun right now. You know, it's one of those days, one of those weeks that you live for as an investor. You do a lot of research. You gather a lot of information that's proprietary to your research desk. And then when other people discover that information, you make a lot of money because you're invested in the space. This is what we live for. All right, before I get into that, let's just talk real quick about the indexes, okay? Um, you know, <clears throat> on Friday of last week, we were full risk on on the equity indexes, and I discussed this yesterday um, with you, even though yesterday was interrupted. Um, all of our indexes the S&P, the Qs, the Dow, the small caps, and the IBD50 uh, innovator index, they're all telling us we should be adding risk to our portfolio, and that happened last week. So a quick recap. Um, markets plummeted in the fourth quarter. We were in cash. Markets, uh, our, our algorithms were telling us, when I say in cash, be as defensive as possible, whatever that means for you. Don't forget, I'm sharing information with you on my trading desk about how I manage my own assets. It doesn't mean you should be doing that. I don't know you. You have to take this information as educational and use it in your decision-making process. Okay. Um, I say that on every YouTube video so that you get this, you know, I full disclosure, I own a lot of the stocks that I'm talking about. This is real life. This is a real portfolio manager and I'm sharing with you how I think. This is for educational purposes for you to take the information, look at your own risk tolerance and make decisions of how you want to invest. If you want more hands-on information, obviously give me a call. My phone number is on the website, rosenthalcapital.com. We can go more in depth of what's appropriate for your portfolio and your, and your, um, your risk appetite. Um, so, when all five indexes tell us it's a clear shot to put capital to work, we look at each portfolio and we determine how we want to deploy the capital. Sometimes we'll just own the indexes. Other times, like now, the S&P and the NASDAQ 100 never really had a big enough pullback from the big move off of the December lows. So I'm not adding the S&P and the NASDAQ 100 to my portfolio. But the Dow and the small caps did set up a nice retrace right at the 50-day moving average. That's where I'm adding exposure. And the same thing is true with the IBD 50 innovator. So there's my market exposure. And as long as these markets keep walking higher, you know, we let that exposure go and, and, and then we build the rest of our portfolio looking at our whiteboard. This is how I like to run money. It's how we run money on our desk here. It's how I manage my own assets. I build a whiteboard. I have it literally up on the wall. You can see it in the back right there. There's the whiteboard. Okay. 
All of our favorite investment ideas are on that board. We list them. We rank them. We do research, fundamental research. We talk to management teams of companies. We break down balance sheets and income statements. We look at cash flow. We figure out what the values are. And then we use our algorithms to tell us when to enter a position and how to stop a loss. Okay? So I'll reveal to you at the end of the show a couple of stocks on our whiteboard that are in the crosshairs of our algorithms, telling us now's the time to take risk. All of these positions that we take when we have risk or whatnot, we always have stop losses, guys. With our big index investments, with our smaller individual stock investments, with our theme group investments. Just because we get risk on doesn't mean that we're not constantly reevaluating risk every day and figuring out where we have to protect our capital. But right now, the spigot's open, and it's time to make money. And that's what we're doing on our desk. Okay, let's get to the U.S. cannabis companies. Um, I've been doing a couple of shows. You can go look at our YouTube video. You can um, uh, pull up our playlist. We have a cannabis playlist, so you can get all the cannabis um, uh, uh, videos we've been doing the last couple of months. I've been trying to prepare you, my subscribers, my viewers, for the, for the coming investment super cycle in the cannabis arena. It's literally a super cycle. Please go review some of those uh, videos. Part one, two, and three will really set it up for you. I did that, I think, a couple months ago. I really set up for you what's happening. And I explained to you this is a three to five to 10 year opportunity. And we're at the very beginning stages. And then I've highlighted the last couple of weeks the work we've been doing on U.S.-based cannabis companies. And they're exploding higher in price, being led by Charlotte's Web. I've been talking about Charlotte's Web since the beginning. It's a consumer package product. It's an easy company to understand. They make hemp oil extract. Okay. The stock is exploding. It's literally going up 10% a day at the moment. It's up another 10.5% today, which is just unreal. Full disclosure, I'm already up about 75% on my investment in a month. The stocks are up huge, okay? The stock is up huge. This is not a call for you to run out and go buy all these stocks today. You needed to already be in these stocks. Okay, now they're exploding higher. I'm not chasing. I'm just enjoying the ride right now. So I'm doing this video today to go over the space. It is not a license to go run and buy the stocks. You have to look at your risk tolerance. You have to look at the situations. You got to be patient. You got to try to buy weakness. Right now they're running away, which is lots of fun. And, 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 but it makes for a time where we have to do our research. Whatever we own, we own. We let them explode higher. That's great. And then when they start to consolidate again, we know what we want to add to. You've got to manage your risk, guys. You can't get greedy. You can't get overenthusiastic. You've got to be patient. But now I'm going to lay out for you why these stocks are going up. I said recently that I think owning the U.S.-based cannabis companies 
is like owning private equity. How often do we get a chance to own Google before it goes public, to own Facebook before it goes public, to own Lyft? The stock goes public at a huge price. Everybody goes out there and buys a stock. The real money was made on the private investors before it was a public company. It's very rare that an individual investor like you and me can really go out there and own private companies. One of the reasons is they're illiquid. So you need a lot of free cash flow that you don't need so that you can make your private equity investment and wait three to five to 10 years to cash out. We're getting a unique opportunity in the U.S.-based cannabis companies right now. And I've been laying it out in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to explain it again right now. 37 states and territories have approved medical marijuana or recreational marijuana in the U.S. The federal government still considers it a Schedule I drug. On the federal level, it means it's illegal. The Farm Bill was passed last year. It allows you to produce hemp and hemp-derived products. CBD is still carried as a federal on the federal government level as a substance, right? And FDA is trying to figure out what kind of substance it is. These are the risks in owning these companies. Government could make terrible decisions. It will ruin the fun we're having in the space. Don't ever forget that. Just like private equity, risks are elevated in names like these. Okay, but right now we're talking about the reward potential. Risks are elevated, but the reward is enormous. Because of the federal laws, U.S.-based cannabis companies cannot access banking relationships in the U.S. or investment banking relationships. Even Charlotte's Web, which is a hemp company, which the Farm Bill allowed for the, for the farming and, uh, and processing of hemp. That company still can't access bank account in the U.S., and they can't list on U.S. exchange. So all of these companies, that's companies like Charlotte's Web, Cure Leaf, True Leaf, um, Green Thumb, uh, Harvest and Recreation, um, um, uh, acreage, um, Cresco Labs. Okay, just just naming a few names. Okay, all of these guys have to list on the Canadian Stock Exchange, a small exchange that's linked to the Toronto Exchange. All of these big Canadian marijuana companies are trying to get into the U.S. market, but they cannot buy U.S.-based companies or operations without violating the Toronto Stock Exchange and the New York Stock Exchange laws, okay, because of the federal government's law about marijuana. So you have all this pent-up demand, not just those, by the way, Canadian cannabis companies. Think of this, these businesses as a consumer packaged companies. So Procter & Gamble, or maybe the pharmaceutical companies, if you buy a U.S.-based cannabis company right now and you start selling marijuana, you're in violation of federal law. So you would lose your listing on the New York Stock Exchange. 
right? So they, they can't make the investments. We are in this sweet spot for the U.S.-based cannabis companies and for investors who understand the risks where U.S.-based companies can build businesses and build value and list on the Canadian Stock Exchange while they wait for the federal laws to change. In some respects, we'd like for the federal law to change quickly. That would be great. These stocks will go through the roof and they'll be acquired and, and that'll be great. But in other respects, when I speak to the management teams of U.S.-based cannabis companies, all of them tell me, yeah, it would be great to have federal law changed immediately. But it's really what keeps them awake at night because they feel they have a two- to three-year window to lock up licenses and to build out their businesses to create enormous shareholder value. And maybe three years from now, the federal law changes, and these companies get taken over at dramatically higher values. So if the laws all change this year, these companies will be taken over at higher values. That would be nice, but not as much as these management teams want to make. So it's kind of like, not a catch-22, but this is the single biggest thing that, that management teams tell me of U.S.-based cannabis companies that keeps them up at night. If legislation moves too fast, they... They have a land grab right now. They have a, they're in the midst of a California-style gold rush right now in the can, U.S.-based cannabis market. There's only a handful of players. All the big guys can't get involved without violating federal law, so they don't get involved. And it allows these companies to lock up the market. It's a unique opportunity. There's not a single mutual fund that can buy these stocks. There's not a single ETF that can buy these stocks because they would be violating laws on a federal level, and so they would be delisted by the Toronto or the New York Stock Exchanges. Smart hedge funds, smart individual investors, companies like KKR and, and Blackstone, those are the guys that are accumulating these stocks right now in advance of legal changes. <coughs> Excuse me. I've explained this before, but I'll explain it again because Charlotte's Web is up another 10.5% today, and you're probably wondering, how long can this last? And this is out of control. What's going on? So in case you haven't watched the previous videos, I'll just give you a quick update. Charlotte's Web, at the moment, is literally the only U.S.-based cannabis company that can be bought now by an exchange-traded fund in Canada. Charlotte's Web still listed on the CSE, but the largest Canadian ETF petitioned the Toronto Stock Exchange to allow them to buy Charlotte's Web because they're not violating federal laws after the farm bill was passed in December. And the TSX agreed. So they've begun buying. This ETF is buying Charlotte's Web. And you could be sure they're not the only ones doing it. So you have a huge demand of investors to invest in U.S.-based cannabis companies that can't get into it. And there's only one asset that they can buy right now, and it's Charlotte's Web. And so they're dumping money into this stock, and the stock is exploding higher. 
And I tried to explain this to you a month ago when I was taking my position. We're already up 75% or more on the position now. But, and so I'm not telling you to run out there and buy it today. It's up another 10%. I mean, how many, how many days can it go up 10% a day? I mean, obviously, they'll have to take a break at some point. But this explains why the stock is going through the roof. And the other names are following, but at a slower pace, because guys like BlackRock, KKR, and other investment professionals are buying these stocks on the Canadian Stock Exchange, expecting there to be eventually a rule change federally that will allow these companies to leave the CSE and list in the U.S. And when that starts happening, I mean, these stocks will be up huge. Now, maybe these stocks will be up huge even before that happens, but then they'll, they'll add to that value because there's a massive amount. Guys... This investment process at the beginning of a of a of a of a investing super cycle in a new investment theme, it's not about earnings. I tried to tell you guys this the last couple of weeks when the earnings announcements came out and maybe the stock was down. Charlotte's Web was down that day on earnings. I think it's got nothing to do with earnings. It has to do with huge institutional interest in an investment theme and a small spigot they have to go through to make the investments. And so you get outsized valuations. This is not a PE story right now. The earnings PE multiple game is a few years away when the business begins to mature and then you start looking at PEs and valuations and all this stuff. But at the beginning, it the, the, the valuation, think about the internet stocks. They were losing money for years. In these stocks, so there was no multiple, right? I mean, the PE, I mean, the, the E was negative. And these stocks were going berserk to the upside. Why did that happen? It's because investors understood the theme was important. And they were willing to plow money into the space. This is what's happening in cannabis right now. It makes it higher risk. It's not going to be like this every week. There'll be sell-offs. They'll t- people, the, the buyers will take a break, and there'll be air pockets because these things trade on the, sh- the, the, the Canadian Stock Exchange with very little sponsorship. So when they start going down, it, it's ugly. This is why you can't chase these names, guys. You've got to buy weakness. So a couple pieces of information we have to keep our eye on. One reason these stocks have exploded in the last couple of weeks is that the Safe Banking Act got out of committee. That's the first step to allowing U.S.-based cannabis companies to access banking accounts and capital markets in the U.S. That just says to the federal government, don't prosecute us for doing a business in a state that allows the business to occur. If they, I'm, I'm condensing the bill, but that's basically what they're saying. And then it'll allow banks and brokerage firms to work with these companies, and these stocks are going up in advance of that. I think that's really what's driving these stocks right now. Also, let me just tell you, technically, I'm, a, I'm an acolyte of William O'Neill. I believe in the William O'Neill philosophy of investing. Everybody should get that book, How to Make Money in Stocks by William O'Neill. It's a brilliant brilliant uh, uh, book. And one thing you'll find inside that book is that um, when an investment theme begins, and in this case, these all these U.S.-based cannabis companies came public in the last 
four or five months. So they came public on the Canadian Stock Exchange. They set up bases over a four or five month period, and now they're exploding higher. We're talking, you know, 30, 40, 70 percent moves in a three, four week period off of the original base. What William O'Neill will tell you is that that type of explosive move off of the first stage base, statistically speaking, leads to long-term gains that are enormous. It's so healthy to see an explosive move off of the first stage base. Okay? It's very healthy to see an explosive move off of a first stage base. It tells you, statistically speaking, based on William O'Neill's studies, that it's the beginning of a real theme that's going to occur over a long period of time that could have significant returns. This is what I've been trying to say for the last couple of months. This is the beginning of an investing super cycle. And one harbinger or one proof that that theory is accurate is that the first move off of the first base is enormous. You feel like you've missed it. You haven't missed it. There'll be opportunities to buy weakness or to buy second stage bases. These things will all run and either they'll sell off and you get a shot or they consolidate at higher prices over a couple of month period and you get a shot for the next move higher. But we're starting to get proof now that our theme that this is an investing super cycle is accurate. From hey, hang on two seconds, okay? One minute. You want to pick that up? Pick, pick that up? Okay. Let me wrap up, guys. We're almost at the end of the half an hour period. Let me wrap up by saying... The big moves off of these first bases are a footprint that are it's helping prove our thesis that this is a major move and a major investment over a series of months and years. It doesn't mean it's all happened in one week. Be patient. Do your own homework. Find the companies you want to own. Buy them on weakness. Buy them after consolidations. And right now, whatever you do own, just enjoy the ride. Okay. Um, I promised I'd share with you. I think that's all I wanted to say on these cannabis names right now. Oh, I did want to say a risk, major risk. Okay. Major risk. I mean, this is particularly maybe in regards to Charlotte's web and I've got my eye on it. We have to figure this out, but the FDA is, is opening up uh, in May a discussion to figure out all the rules and ramifications around CBD and its uses. The outgoing FDA chief has put out a tweet today that says he's concerned that CVS and Walgreens are going to be selling CBD products before the FDA can come up with all of these rules. That is a risk. These stocks jumped up when CVS and Walgreens said they're going to be, you know, uh, selling uh, uh, products on their shelves that include CBD. Who knows? Maybe they come out next week and say, 
We're not going to be doing that right now. We're going to wait for FDA, you know, uh, on clarification. These stocks will get whacked for a day or two on that news. Right? I don't know if that's going to happen. It's a risk. It's why we have to be patient and buy weakness. Okay? We would, we, honestly, I would love that to happen. Take some air out of these stocks. Bring them back down a little bit. It'll be a short-term blip. The FDA cannot stop this train going down the station. All it could do is delay it. So weakness on a piece of news like that would be our opportunity to put more capital to work. It's a risk out there. Just letting you know. I mean, the stock's up 10% today, and that news is already out there. So nobody cares right now. But you never know. It is a risk. Okay. Uh, I think that's it for today. I'll have to tell you tomorrow about our whiteboard ideas. The market's breaking out, so a couple of our favorite names are popping up, and I'll, I'll share with you tomorrow uh, what those names are. I wish you guys the best of luck. Best you. Be safe. Be patient. Put yourself on the right side of probability and statistics every time you make an investment. Take care, guys.